Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 105 of the Travel Mission Podcast, where we talk about all things travel, Disney, and more. A great, great guest on the show today. We are so excited to have him. This is the man, the myth, the legend behind Virgin Voyages, Mr. John DiOrio. So we're going to get to interview him, talk about why Virgin is such a different type of cruise line and why you should be thinking about it for your next cruise. Let's go. All right, guys. Alston, I am here. I'm in Georgia this week. We we are holding down the fort because we're getting ready for baby number three. So we (laughs) haven't traveled in a while. I'm I'm desperate. (laughs) When was the last time all three of us recorded from our houses like this? This has been Mm -hmm. a minute. So A long time, it feels like. It has been a while. So here we are, back in the saddle. I'm I'm dying, though, because I'm looking at our special guest's background, and it's just a picture... Is that the Scarlet Lady behind you? Welcome to the show, John DiOrio. We're excited to have you. Well, hello all, and, and thank you for having me. Yes, this is the award-winning Scarlet Lady. Um, oh, so the sorry. Best, voted the best new cruise ship of 2021. Uh, but yes, wow. that is that is her behind me, and that's the lovely Scarlet Lady as well. The best. So, Love John, we, we've done a couple Virgin episodes on the show, but you're our first official Virgin guest. So we want like behind the scenes stories. We want to know what Richard's like in person. (laughs) I will tell you. (laughs) So before we even dive in, just tell us a little bit who are, who is John DiOrio? Who's the, who's the, what's the legend behind the man? Yeah. So, you know, even though I look like I'm 21 years old and you can't see this in the podcast, I have been in the travel industry for about 30 years, and Crazy. there isn't much I haven't done, to be quite honest. I have, I have worked pretty much in every role within travel. I've been in, an advisor. I've worked for different tour operators, both land and now cruise. And yeah, I was very fortunate, um, kind of almost in an accidental way, of discovering the travel industry uh, growing up. And, you know, growing up, travel for me was every summer we would drive to Wildwood, New Jersey and spend a week at the beach. (laughs) That was it. Growing up in upstate New York, we would drive right by New York City. New York City wasn't a place that our parents would bring children back then. (laughs) We'd go right past it. We never really saw much of it. We would land in Wildwood, New Jersey, and we would spend a week to two weeks on the beach and uh, some of the best vacations of my life. But honestly, I've been in travel a long time. I've lived pretty much all over the country. But I'll be honest with you, I didn't take my first flight as a human being until I was 19 years old. Wow. So travel, once I got the bug of travel, Mm -hmm. it was a quickly... Uh, just it, 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 I couldn't get out. I love every part, every piece of the industry, and there's just such great passion that comes with this this industry. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, this it's it's hard to explain. And once you're in it, it's like you really do have the travel bug. And where are we going next? And I mean, there's just so so much to do and so much to see. And then when we're quoting clients who are going to Ireland and Switzerland, you're like, oh my gosh, I now need to go there. And the bucket list just the bucket <laughs> list just grows. Um, it does. It's an on like you really. I think it, it it just it's something that just fuels your soul. You want to do more of it, even if you're not in the industry. Like when you know that when you've got a vacation planned. You're looking forward to it. And that's such, I don't know, I think that's just, it's so important to our culture. So we need more people doing more traveling and stop wasting your vacation days. 
I totally, <laughs> totally agree. Right? I mean, let's be honest. And I'm the first one to admit it. I, I'm a terrible, terrible example. So It makes me so sad. We see that statistic every year on National Travel Agents Day. It's something like 50% of Americans oh, don't use all of their vacation no. days. It's so sad to me. It drives me nuts. And, I, and you said you were in Georgia. And I, I'll, just a quick side note. I thinking about like where to go this past uh, month. We actually went on vacation and we were looking for where we can go and take the family. And we ended up driving up to Jekyll Island, nice. Georgia. Yeah, it's a and great we spot. We drove up from here. Oh, oh yeah. my God, we had never been and we fell in love with it. But it was like that discovery part of it mm-hmm. is what's so like it, it felt like we were on an island a million miles away from home, but we were six hours away. Yep. And we felt like we were discovering something that we were so thrilled. We're coming back. We're going to go back again next summer. That's awesome. That. Well, yeah. if you need a good travel agent, we've got three awesome <laughs> ones on the show. <laughs> we know a few. I know you do. We I got you. you. I know you do. Maybe we'll trade you. You you put <laughs> us on Virgin, we'll take you to Jekyll. <laughs> Done. Done Fair deal. trade. Fair trade. Um, so, John, you've been around for a yes. long time in the travel industry. How would you say it's evolved since you first started? Well, look, I've been around a long time and, and I, you know, I, I, this might date me a little bit, but I was around a little bit towards the end when we were writing paper tickets for airlines, <laughs> uh, when airlines actually paid commissions. Oh, wow. Uh, but, you know, what really what I've seen the industry truly evolve in is that kind of transformation of, you know, it was all about airline tickets and corporate travel and corporate travel is obviously still a very big part of our industry and it's coming back even stronger. But that transformation of of the agency community embracing corporate but moving over to leisure and really opening the world up for their customer base and just just watching how that is transformed. But more importantly, how much consumers need a travel advisor to book travel, whether it's right. the little things or the bigger things. Mm-hmm. Like that evolution of the importance of, of the travel advisor's skill set and expertise, that really has shown what that done and, and what's that done over the years. But that and when you really look at how cruising specifically has grown uh, as an industry over the over, over that like I mean I think I think like it, the the number of people that are cruising it, it's just it's unbelievable how much it has grown as an industry and we're only still reaching a small percentage of the global population so we're we're very very optimistic on that but I would say those are the kind of the key things I've noticed that has really really changed in our industry. Yeah, that's amazing. I no, that's really that's really cool. Um, so Virgin Voyages was set to sell in April of 2020. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How about that? What a so, what a perfect date to start. You know, that's good planning. But so, um, you know, t- talk us through that and what that was like. You know, almost starting and then yeah. pivoting like everybody pivoted, and then so, you know, yeah. It, 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 it's it. So I've been with the company now about four years. And when I came on board, we had we had some renderings, right? We had a concept. We were building a ship. Uh, and at that point, I think we were just getting started in building it. And so this is this is four years ago. And 
Scarlet Lady's first sailing was going to be on April 1st of 2020. So the ship was just getting started and in, uh, in being built in Genoa. And so for all this time, we were, we were building awareness. We were hiring a team. We were building protocols and policies and starting to really roll out certain aspects of the experience. And I think we started creating all these different ideas on what that experience was going to be. But as we rolled into going live, so we went, we turned the website on in on, on Valentine's Day 2019. So at that point, we were 13, 14 months away from going, uh, having our first ship and sailing, end of, end of March 2020. And so for that next year after going live, we were very much out there putting some brand awareness, getting consumers aware of it, helping educate our travel advisor partners. And as we were getting closer and closer, I vividly remember it was it was February 2020. I had some great events I was going to and this thing started popping up. And I remember as we led into March, we had probably, you know, to bring the travel advisor community on board the ship to experience it, to sell it to our, our to their customers. We probably had six, seven hundred advisors coming to New York and Miami, respectively, to just step foot on the ship. And I, I remember like it was a Sunday. It was March 1st. And it was like, hey, Sorry, everybody, we're not doing this on March 7th in New York because of this thing that we really didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was like this, what do you mean you're canceling this? How, what, like, what are you talking oh, yeah. about? I remember when they do shut down this? the first NBA game and we were like, whoa, what is crazy. this? It was crazy. And, you know, and it was a, it was a, you know, I remember sitting in a war room with our leadership team and we were like planning this out and, you know, we were all very unaware of what, what was really about to hit our our, yep. our lives for the yep. next two plus years. Um, but I think, you know, as you as you kind of reflect back on it, we do a lot. We think, you know, we don't we wish obviously this didn't happen. I think the fact that we ne- we were 13 days away from launching <laughs> when <laughs> when we actually when we were forced to shut down the entire industry it wasn't our choice. We right. were allowed. We we couldn't sail. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone made the decision that cruise lines weren't allowed to get on a. You couldn't operate. And so we were the only industry shut down exclusively, right. and it was it was. We were very like okay, how do we do yeah. this? How do we get mm-hmm. through this? And I gotta be honest with you, we had such with our strong leadership team and our board of directors, we got through this. We knew how to kind of get through these tough waters, but. It was a weird environment. I got to be honest with yeah. you. Like I, oh, yeah. I've been in travel a long time. I've gone. I've been in the travel business through 9-11 mm-hmm. and the recession of, of 08 and 09. This, you think you're prepared for challenges? We, all, we always have them. This was nothing like we've ever experienced before in our lives. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's so true. And I remember doing my virgin training course in February. I finished it on Valentine's right. Day. Yeah. yeah. And... <laughs> And we went ahead, we were like, hey, let's go ahead and book our first Virgin Cruise just to like get to know this product. So we picked a date out in October. And what's funny is that ended up becoming the maiden voyage or the mermaiden voyage. And so we we talked about that on a previous episode. So if you want to hear all about that experience fresh from that sailing, I'm sure a lot's changed by now. 
but you can go back and listen to that episode. I'm more curious now, look, especially hearing from you, you're on the team, you're in the leadership team, you're in the war room, like you said. My biggest question, because I think I heard this, tell me if I'm incorrect. Okay. I had heard that Richard Branson had never been on a cruise prior to launching this cruise line. Like, why Why invest? in? I mean, he's got all the things he could do. And he goes, yeah, I think I should, you know, start a cruise line since I've never been on one. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's actually a really great story. You know, Richard is a visionary and he, and he really thinks about how to disrupt an industry. If you, if you go back to just how he disrupted the entire music business with Virgin Records and Virgin Atlantic, you know, it's about doing things a little bit differently. And, you know, he always really had an interest in cruising as a way to bring that Virgin brand to life. And, and the story goes like, even in his like late twenties and thirties, there was like, okay, do we do cruising? Right. Is this something that the Virgin brand can get their arms around? And, you know, it's all about the timing, right? Having mm. being in the right place at the right time. Yep. And I think, you know, there were different iterations of what cruising could look like for Virgin back in the, 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s and it it just wasn't you know timing is everything and it just wasn't the right fit and you know and it's true he's he's never sailed on a traditional cruise line right i mean when you own an island do you really need <laughs> right. to get on a cruise line let me let, like let's just be honest with each other and like you know he's, he's right. in an ocean view room on right he's road. hoping he gets the upgraded from the sea you know from the insider cabin to a mm-hmm. balcony fingers crossed he gets right. it right um but I, I i think you know he's been such a great champion of hospitality yeah. and leisure and entertainment that this was a natural fit and and the one thing if you know if you read richard's books it's really about at some point you kind of say screw it let's do it yeah. and it's about that instinct but what i love about richard and the virgin group is also based on a lot of intelligence and data. Oh, and absolutely. Like, and it was like, okay, we know the cruising industry is a very resilient business. It's a very disciplined business. And, and you know, you get the right people together to invest and you create a unique product. This is going to be a home run, especially when you bring the, the love of that Virgin brand to it. We've seen it with Virgin, uh, Virgin America when it was, when it was an airline in the United States. But even all the other Virgin brands that have that have been there for over fifty years now. So wow, uh, he really brought that kind of. There's a certain aspect of what I think cruising should be, and we really thought about like at that point, Richard was sixty eight, sixty nine. Like, how do we create a cruise business that would appeal to someone like him that is so young at heart, mm. he's got a passion for yeah. life. And he wants to do things a little bit differently. And that and that's what we set out to do. And he really laid that groundwork for us to create what is now happening out there today as the highest rated cruise line on TripAdvisor today. I believe it. Well and and, and yeah, I was gonna say I believe it too. I I didn't know there was such a big gap in the marketplace for something mm-hmm. like this. It's almost like that Steve Jobs thing Correct. of sometimes people don't know what they want. You have to create yeah. it for them and show it. And I feel like that's what this was going on this cruise. You didn't even realize this was a type 
of vacation that could even right. be possible, and you guys created it. 100%. And that's why we don't call it a cruise. We think of it as a voyage, it's an experience. Yep. If you want to cruise, take that traditional cruise. But we really think that those that love something different, something unique, you kind of want to open your mind a little bit and have those great experiences and be young at heart again. Um, this is the great vacation for you. Yeah, I agree. I'm an avid cruiser, and I continue to say throughout that voyage, this is the best cruise I've ever been on. <laughs> it it was so, I mean, we'll get into a little bit of that, but it was just, yeah. it blew my mind every day, every meal, at, like every second that I spent on that ship, I kept thinking to myself, okay, this is the best cruise, and it, and it just kept getting yeah. better. It was so cool. And it's and it's one of those things too, Christine. When you when you get on board, whether you've cru- like especially if you've cruised before, you get on board. And you're like, okay, something's different. Mm-hmm. And you're not. To be honest with you, you're quite frustrated. Like, hey, what's happening? This mm-hmm. is not what I'm ex- like. No. What I expect a cruise would be like mm-hmm. for those that have cruised before. And you know, it sometimes takes you a day to like, okay, now I get the vibe. But there's a definite vibe and feeling that we've just infused into the culture from our crew to the onboard experiences to the different uh, spaces on board the ship. And you walk away going, okay, this is not what I expect. And you get that really, really quickly uh, when you step on board. So how would you define that vibe? What are, what are like the key words you guys use internally? Oh, you know, it's, we have always looked at, we, we kind of frame it as setting sail the virgin way, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when we think about the vision of like, we didn't want to create just another cruise line. There's great cruise products out there. Let's be honest. It's, it's a great industry. There are great brands out there. And we didn't want to just be another brand. We wanted to find our niche. And so when we think about setting sail the virgin way, we needed to think about what makes us very, very unique. And it mm-hmm. really started with, as we looked at the opportunity as being exclusively adults, meaning there are no kids on board our ship. And we found that that was, like you said, it was a, it was a untapped opportunity of having that experience for us as adults to not necessarily, we love kids, but we all deserve that vacation on our own. Mm-hmm. And we don't necessarily, we're going to leave our kids at home. We also don't want to see someone else's kids. <laughs> I always honest. say there's <laughs> trips you take with your kids and then there's vacations. And, and Christina, That's I just right. did, I just went on vacation and then, you know, like, oh, how was your vacation? I'm like, it was a trip with my kids. <laughs> a vacation is when I can get away without seeing children. And I love children. I love watching the excitement that they get when they travel because I love seeing kids travel because we're, we're, we're building that future traveler for all of our travel advisors. Absolutely. Well, one of my so. favorite parts that I still can't get over to this day, and it's been like seven <laughs> months since my last sailing, is the food. I mean, I you could rival any of those restaurants on that ship would rival any top Miami, Miami restaurant any day. Yep. And that is so impressive yeah. because if you know about cruises, you know that, yeah. okay, they're making the same thing for a thousand people, 4,000 people, whatever it is. And sometimes the quality is subpar. Still good yeah. on other ships, but like this impressed me each meal, each day, each restaurant was something different. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about that. Whose idea was it to 
not have a main dining room. Like, throw that out the window. Everything's specialty. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're very fortunate that we have a leadership team that has a lot of experience within the cruise industry. And, you know, from our CEO to our SVP of hotel operations, they have been around the cruise industry for a long time. And they've seen, you know, the evolution of the industry. And they, they when, when creating the concept of how do we become uniquely different, the first thing they set out to do, and it's, just, it's a part of the Virgin culture, we're going to do something, let's do it different, that's going to appeal to a good audience. And when it came to food, you know, and this was, I got to be honest with you, this was a hard one. I wouldn't say I'm a foodie, but I know good food versus bad food. I've traveled the world for 30 years, and you know what's good and what's not good. You mm. know what restaurant you want to eat in when you go to a city and not. Yep. And when they talked about the concept of food, oh, we've got no buffets. So having no buffets on the ship has so many great benefits. First and foremost, it gets rid of so much waste. The amount of food that is thrown away on a buffet is sad, wow. and it's not great for the environment either. And it's just it's it's a it's very expensive to make food in a buffet, and then because three hours have lapsed, you got to throw it away. Like, think about the cost and the waste and the environmental impact that yeah. it has. So we took that from a lens of sustainability. How can we be better for Earth and just do the right thing for our environment? And when it came to the food side of things, we said we want to create restaurants that didn't necessarily have that quote unquote chain, you know, mm -hmm. kind of yeah. style to it. Yeah. And there's some great restaurants out there. Don't get me wrong. But we wanted to create, I think the underlying thing was saying we want to create a restaurant that could operate in any major city mm -hmm. in the world. Yeah, and totally. So think about that. We said we need our own kitchen. We need our own executive chef. Mm -hmm. We need our own menu. No one else gets this food other than those that are sitting in that restaurant at seven o'clock at night. And it becomes that exclusive experience. And so mm -hmm. that was kind of the fundamental thing about it. And we went about working with partners uh, all around the world and said, who can bring that type of menu to us? And so when I think about pink agave, oh. pink agave, yeah. I mean, and look, it's like asking me who's your favorite kid, yeah. right? Right. And I don't look, and I, I'm, I sh I'm sure I'm not supposed to say this. I have a favorite restaurant on board the ship. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I you mean, have a favorite kid. <laughs> I, I, yeah, well, they might hear me. So, <laughs> I, like, when I think about favorite restaurants, I don't make any, but like, pink agave is my favorite restaurant. Yeah, without 100 a doubt. Agree. And so I had the pleasure of meeting the chef who created the menu. Her name's Chef Silvana. She's from Arizona. And I got to do some cooking with her a couple of years ago in Los Angeles. And she showed me how to make the guacamole that we have on board our ship. I still so, think about it to this day. Me too. Day. Oh and those God. chips. So I, so like, I've huh? done, yes. Yeah. Oh, it's unreal. <laughs> and so that it was it was taking these really special chefs that really wanted to bring something uniquely different to the dining experience. And that's what that was. It was, you think about, we have 20 plus eateries on board the ship. 
six main restaurants. And those six main restaurants all have that unique vibe and feeling and the design, even the design mm-hmm. of the restaurants. I think about, you know, Tom Dixon, who created all of our suites on board the mm-hmm. ship. You might not know this. World famous designer. He helped create all of our suites on board our ships. He also created the design of Pink Agave. Oh, no way. Yeah. And it's, so it's one of those things like, so when you start looking at the suites and you think of, you look at Pink Agave, you know, the entry way, into yes. Pink Agave, like that's all Tom Dixon. Cool. Like that's his yep. vision of creating that look and feel. And you're just like, it's become iconic. Yep. I can't tell you how many people I see posting on Instagram of them sitting in that entry yep. way to Pink Guilty. Agave. And so. In a Mexican-esque dress. Like, I had to do it. Yes, yes, yes. And I, you know, selfishly, I have a guilty pleasure of loving great tequila as well. And I think, Mm. I I remember vividly my second day on the job. I'm like, I need to meet the person who's who's in charge of bringing the right spirits on board the ship. And I met him, a fabulous gentleman by the name of Charles Stedman. And, you know, he's like, this is what I want to do with tequila, with pink agave. And we, we had like an hour discussion about tequila and wow. mezcal and it was that level of detail on how yeah. they were thinking about creating a unique dining experience on a cruise ship that has never been done before and, it, and it's resonated since we launched in october that the food is probably if not is the best food on any cruise ship out there and it's proven to be the, the same story day yep. in and day out yeah it's it's not even I mean, I I had a hard time describing it because I knew Christina was going after me. I was like, I just cannot quantify how much better it is. It's not like, oh, yeah, Burger King's better than McDonald's. I prefer that (laughs) to this. You're like, no, no, no. This is is not even in the same stratosphere as other. And we've been on a lot of cruises. Exactly. Right? right. So we we know. And I love a good charcuterie. And when that came out at the Italian restaurant, I was (laughs) like, that was pretty good. Yeah. So what? So let me just ask you, I and mean, just not put you on the spot here. Like, I mean, again, Picagave is great. That's my personal favorite. Like, what was like your best restaurant? Like, what would you say your favorite place was? So it's funny. It was like our fourth day of the cruise. We hadn't tried it yet, but we went to like the quick service pizza. I can't remember the name of it at, on the top of my head oh, right now. So good. Yeah. The pizza place. The, yeah. yeah. The pe- oh, the pizza place. That's what it's called. Right. Um, yeah. Very simple. Like, okay, you know, we were waiting for the, then they brought it out and we're like, all right, let's try this, the pizza, the cruise pizza. Okay. Every bite was better than the last. Like it just, it impressed yeah. me and my husband and I own restaurants. My husband is a foodie way more than I am. And he was like, this is the best thing I've ever had in my life. I mean, every single time it's so hard to explain, but once you're immersed it in it, you, you understand. Well, even even more so than that, from the pizza place, we went there every day because my <laughs> wife is dairy free and gluten free. Right. Right. Which you think about pizza, like that literally is a pizza, dairy right. and gluten. Yeah, it's, you get, it's, you're yeah. left with sauce, but you guys had the gluten free dough and you mm-hmm. had dairy free cheese, and so oh, she wow. was able to have the perfect pizza for her. And just every single day at lunch, we went there. But you're <laughs> you're right. It was it was an amazing experience. I, I I had this question in my notes of what sets Virgin apart. I know what sets Virgin apart, so I just want to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, food is number one for me. I think that is a huge differentiator yep. for you guys. And I want to know was the was the Instagrammability intentional or is it just like great design inspires sharing photos 100 percent 
inspired by. How can we make every space on board the ship that moment where you're like, okay, let's stop again and take another selfie? All like, day, it, every it, day. It, it, yeah. If you think about as you walk around the ship, we thought about – you got to understand, when we, when we came up with the design of the brand and we said, now we have to build this thing, we hired seven different designers wow. to create our onboard spaces. Not one of them have ever built for a cruise line mm. before. <laughs> that's, so we but that's kind of cool. people in that – we're like, oh, I've done this before for fill in the blank. I know what we're going to do. We're just going to change the color and right. change this a little bit. They came in and said, okay, we, we really don't care what a cruise is. We're going to build the best experience and we're going to build the best space we possibly can. And, and they did it with the mindset of also being very intimate. I think the one thing you'll yep. see with our ships is that we aren't about big mass ships. It was about creating just the right size of ship to create a lot of great experiences, but also creating every place you went created these places where you can have these intimacy moments, intimate moments. You can have a conversation. Uh, but if you want to be in a place where there's more people, you can do that. And that was the whole mindset. Like where do you, there are day, I think when you think about the demographics, there are days you want to be very social and you want to be with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And then there's the moments where you say, you know what? I just want to sit back with my partner and have a cocktail and just have a nice conversation because we're having the best possible vacation of our lives. And that's kind of the guide when they came into designing the ship itself. 100%. That really, really played well, we're very well for There's us. lounges, there's little nooks, little crannies that just yeah. are not on other cruise ships at all. I remember still, being so yeah. impressed I mean, by like even, the game, like the game, the arcade, like just every yeah. little. The arcade. Yeah. Who doesn't want to play Donkey Kong it's at three o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon with a beer in your hand, right? I mean, let's be honest. It's a great, like, it's, it's, it brings out the inner child in all mm -hmm. of us. Let's mm -hmm. be honest. And that's what we were trying to do. I think a great example of that, and I know it's not my turn, it's Tim's turn, but I, I <laughs> when you said that, it reminded me bringing out the inner yep. child. So did I tell you the story about Tom from our mermaid voyage? Yeah. No. Okay. Right. So, or Mr. Mr. McAlpin. Yes. yes our um, CEO. Yes. So bringing out the inner child. So Tom McAlpin came from Disney Cruise Line. Awesome guy to be the president of Virgin Voyages. He was on our sail or on our voyage he with he us. He was on mine too. And, and I don't know why, but we were doing karaoke one night. We had the entire <laughs> lounge just bumping. <laughs> and I, I came up to Mr. McAlpin, Tom, and I go, hey, you want to do Baby Got Back with me and my friend Matt McKee? And he was like, of course. And so he came and did karaoke. There's video online. It'd probably get us all canceled. But it's out there. And when you talk about bringing out the inner child, I just thought to myself, what CEO would do that? Right. Who yeah. would have that much fun to go, I'm going to do karaoke and scream Baby Got Back with this entire lounge full of passengers <laughs> making viral TikToks. Also, you yeah. knew who he was when you asked, right? Or did you not know? 100%. Okay. 100%. Yeah. I, I wasn't, I, I've always meant to ask you that and I never did. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you no, knew, I knew. All right. Awesome. It's, That's a great story. It's part of, it's a great story. It's, it's part of the culture mm -hmm. of our company too. You talk, you, you, you know, you think about, you know, as you create this brand, right, you're starting from a, a blank piece of paper and you think about all those different things. And you and you said it, right? You, you know, food was one of those things you're like, oh, my God, this is the greatest experience I've ever had with food. But 
though that's a big differentiator. But I got to be honest with you. I think when we think when we go back to like the the foundation of it all and how it started, we started first thinking about how do we create the best gig ever for our crew on the ship. That's awesome. Because we know that if we have an amazing crew that loves what they're doing, it's not a job. It's it's a it's a passion for servicing and creating this great environment. It will it will resonate to the sailors on board the ship. Yeah, it creates that great experience. So the things we do for our crew are unheard of in the cruise industry, and. You know, we let them be who they are. We don't we don't let them cover up their tattoos. Like we let our crew out onto the ship and like mingle with our sailors. Mm-hmm. And it builds this kind of community and this bond and it resonates. And as much as the food is off the charts when it comes to resonating from our surveys, it's also our crew that actually rates almost as just as high, if not higher, because you really feel that experience when you're talking to our crew and the service. And you know, everybody talks about service and they, everybody does a great job. But there's something different about our crew on our ships. And it starts with the training and how we create that culture of letting them be who they want to be. And they it just resonates with that experience and it shows in the reviews. As I well. hear that, that that even starts at the corporate level that I've actually, I know somebody who works in the same office building as you guys. And she says, they always look like they're having so much fun over there. I don't know what's in the water at Virgin <laughs> Voyages, but they have the best work community and work culture. It's a culture. And, it, and it, I got to be honest with you, it comes from Richard. Richard's built lots of companies and there's a, there's a, there's a Virgin DNA in all of the Virgin companies all over the world. And Virgin Voyages puts our little spin on it being that we are, you know, we're a cruise line, but it does start with that culture of you take care of your people. They're going to take care of your customers, in our case, sailors, and it's going to help create a very, very good business for us. And, and, um, you know, next time you guys are around, you should come into the office. You will immediately get the sense like, oh my God, I now see why the ship is the <laughs> it's way a vibe. the ship is. It's a vibe. Like we have people come to the office like, oh my God, how do you ever leave the office? <laughs> and because it's such that, that, that helps explain the vibe of, of everything we do when you walk in our office. You're like, okay, now I get it. Adam, Adam has mentioned that multiple times right? <laughs> when, he, when he comes to see you guys. So as we, I never get a no from Adam. Like, hey, you want to no, come to the office right now? He's like, yeah, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> so. yeah. It's because he loves the hard rock, and it's so it's such a similar vibe. That's right. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. Shiny things. and yeah. Right. Um, so as we wrap up, tell us about your favorite itinerary that you guys have. Oh, so look, there there are so I, I think when you think about our ships and that they're they're a mid-sized ship, right? So you think yep. there's a lot of great ships out there, small ships, massively large ships with you know, six thousand people. We created our ships purposely to be a mid-sized ship. It holds about twenty seven hundred sailors. And that allows us to create very, very different itineraries to get us into great ports around the world. I think there are two that really stand out for me. Scarlet Lady, which sails out of Port Miami year-round doing four and five-night sailings. 
and and again, it's like picking your favorite child, and they're all great itineraries. But my personal favorite is our Dominican Days. It's a five night itinerary. It goes to Puerto Plata in the Dominican Republic. Hmm. And what I love about Puerto Plata is that it's a brand new port. They just opened it in mid-December of 2021. And they really did build it out. Like they really thought about a 2022 style port where you, you're able to dock there, you get off the ship. They created this wonderful retail environment. Um, they've got their own beach, their own pool that you can just hang out in, order drinks. And they did a really great job. That's, I think that's my favorite five night itinerary because it actually, you know, along with Porta Plata, they always go to, um, they go to our, our private beach club in Bimini. Oh, All those sailors so out there. of there go to Bimini. And you, we can spend like hours just talking about Bimini. John, I kind of thought you but were going to say, um, what is it? It's uh, French days and Ibiza nights. No, so you're 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 leading into <laughs> it because that's my favorite itinerary in the Med right yeah. now. So what I love about that, so that's Valiant Lady is sailing right now. So Valiant Lady is our second ship in the water. She spends her summer months in Barcelona doing three different seven-night itineraries. And the French days and Ibiza nights. So first off, all of our itineraries out of Barcelona do stop and have an overnight in Ibiza. And so it gets in around six, seven o'clock at night on a Friday. So you can actually get off the ship. And if you run it, really explore the Ibiza nightlife, you can. But the ship's there for you to come back to, fall asleep at four in the morning if that's what you're so in. <laughs> but we don't leave the next day until six at night. So you want to wake amazing. up the next morning and go see the island, which is beautiful. You can do that. But what I love about that itinerary is we also have an overnight in Cannes in France. And so it's just, it's, and the, all the itineraries are great, but like just personally speaking, that's my, those are my two favorite itineraries. That's amazing. Yeah, I definitely want to do French Days and Ibiza Nights is on my bucket list. I love Barcelona. It's then, my favorite city. And get look and just get ready for next summer. I, I mean, next oh. summer we'll have our third ship, Resilient Lady, which will be doing two seven night itineraries out of Athens, Greece. Oh, yeah. one that has an overnight in Mykonos, and yes. one that has an overnight in uh, Dubrovnik. We've already Croatia, looked into it. It's definitely on the list. I, like, <laughs> let's I'm go. Like, okay, when are we going to go do? We need to have the next podcast from live Athens. podcast. I, that, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. It feels right, you know. I think <laughs> let's right. let's run it by Richard and Tom and say, you know, I think this is the only way to do the it's next the episode. Only way to do it. It's the only way to do it. <laughs> That's right. Well, John, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks for telling us a little bit about Virgin Voyages and just what an amazing product it is. If you guys want to hear more about Virgin, go back, listen to some of our other episodes where we just ooh and ah over all of the itineraries that we got to be part of. So thanks for being on the show, John. My pleasure. Take care. Bye, everyone. Cheers. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of the Travel Mission Podcast. Listen, if you had a great time listening, felt like you got some good travel tips, go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss an episode every single week. Also, feel free to share these episodes. If you have friends going to these destinations that need a little help, go ahead and share or tag your favorite Travel Mission agent. And if you really want to love on us, 
leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It would mean so much to our team and just continue to help us do better serving you. Thanks so much.